0: Hello there, just popping in to say that we recorded this on Tuesday the 1st of August, which means that Gabriel Jesus' knee injury that's going to keep him out for the first few weeks of the season wasn't public knowledge yet, we didn't know about that. Yes, that does mean that our season preview show has already gone out of date between us recording it and us releasing it. This bodes well. Anyway, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Potshot and welcome to the 2023-24 season. I'm Alex Towles and I'm joined as usual by Alex Collins and Sebastian Hunt. Hello guys, how are we doing?
1: Not too bad. How are you, Towles?
0: I'm very well. Seb, how are you?
1: I'm alright. You?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm good. And I'm also joined by two new people. Potshot has grown. We have expanded. We have added, firstly, Lorcan Reese. Hello, Lorcan.
2: Hello, I'm really happy to be here and can't wait for the new season.
0: And we have also added, and I've stitched myself up by making myself say his surname. It's
3: Manas Saraswat. No, Saraswa. Manas Saraswa.
0: <laughs> there we go. That's something like it. How are you doing,
3: Manas? Perfect for butchering my surname, but I'm so happy to be here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: We actually have to start some sort of tally for everyone's names who tiles ends up butchering on these pods. Anyway,
0: anyway, (laughs) so it's a new season and we're going to be a new podcast, except it's not a new podcast, it's the same podcast, but we're changing it up a little bit. We're adding Lorcan and Manus to our regular rotation, and the key word there is going to be rotation. We're not going to have a consistent cast of presenters each week, it will be Three or four of the five of us coming on each week, plus some guests, as and when we feel like bringing guests on. So you might not see me every single week, or Alex every single week, or Seb every single week. It will be, maybe Alex will take a month off, because he doesn't want to do the podcast anymore, and it will just be <laughs> Seb, Lorcan, and Manus running the show for a month. My or grand
1: so. plan all along. <laughs>
0: We are also going to have a new release date and time. Yes, we're aiming for consistency this time around. Remember when we said this and then it didn't happen? Well, hopefully this time it will actually happen. We are going to be releasing our podcasts every week on Tuesday at 10am UK time. This one doesn't count. This will not come out on Tuesday. I'm sure you will notice, uh, but that's fine. We're starting next week. Sometimes, though, as is usual, we will break away from this release schedule. Like, for example, if we play on a Monday evening, I'm not making a podcast immediately after we record on a Monday evening and putting it out at 10 o'clock on Tuesday. I would not have time to sleep. So we're not going to do that. Um, And occasionally we will do on the whistle pods. Sometimes, hopefully, hopefully they will be happier occasions than the one on the whistle pod we did before where we got battered by City. (laughs) We will also have a shiny new logo. We've got it cooking at the moment. It's being prepared. It's not quite ready for release. But when it will be, trust me, you'll be blown away by the new production quality of the visuals of the Pot Shop podcast that will no longer be something which Alex cooked up on PowerPoint (laughs) in about 10 minutes. And finally, we are going to be, hopefully, using our social media more. We've said we were going to do this for like six months and we never did but hopefully now with two more people who have the keys to the Potshot Twitter account we will actually be doing this and yes it's going to continue to be called Twitter on this podcast. Uh, We refuse to use the name X screw you Elon Musk. So with all that admin out of the way let's get into the podcast. We have had a summer and a half. We've signed three new players and we've played some friendlies. We're not going to go that in depth on the preseason friendlies because there's another podcast that will have come out before this that you can listen to if you want to hear our opinions on the preseason friendlies. But we will do a little dig into our new signings. And we'll start with a bit of a debate that's been brewing in the Potshot group chat ever since we added Lorcan and Manus because. Kai Havertz is a football player who arguably could play in midfield, but arguably could play not in midfield. And there are some people who think that Kai Havertz will not play the majority of his football in midfield. Lorcan, why?
2: So I guess there are two questions and whether they're the same question is up for debate. So what is Kai Havertz? I think Kai Havertz is a forward. I don't think he's a midfielder, an interior, and I don't think I'll change or waiver on that fact. Will he play left central midfielder? I was less convinced before after watching four games of preseason. I think he will. Um, however, I think that signifies a shift in Arsenal's tactical evolution rather than a re evaluation of Kai Havertz's talents, which is a bit of a cop out answer.
0: Manus, representing the side of Kai Havertz as a midfielder, please take the floor.
3: I think Ward Larkin has tried to say so far is he's tried to separate the position from the role <laughs> and, you know, wh- what, like, who Kai Havertz really is. But I think having watched the preseason, I'm more convinced and having read, like, what Havertz has said about himself and learning, like, I'm quoting him, like, learning the mis- midfield movements again uh, and what uh, Mikel has said about him, I think he'll play... Uh, sort of the Shaka role but perhaps not as deep as him Uh, but we did see him come uh, backwards a lot pulling his marker out so I think he's going to be the left centre mid
0: Lorcan how do you reconcile Habert being a forward with his dreadful performance in the MLS skill challenge
1: this is the question Um,
2: (laughs) I, I refer you to 24 hours later when he actually banged in a volley in a real match Have uh,
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the next player we signed was Jurian Timber according to when we officially announced the signings Lorcan as the member of the podcast who was I know I came to you last time but you are the member of the podcast who was most recently in Holland please can you tell us your opinions on Jurian Timber
2: yeah I really like the look of him it's much easier as well, um, given the fact he cost, what, I think, £34 million base fee with, I think, very achievable add-ons. Um, but I really like the look of him. I think he's a really um, sort of tactically malleable player. You can play in a number of roles. Um, he's really good in ground duels. He could probably play as a sweeper. I'm really excited to see what Arteta kind of has planned for him. Um, now that it looks like he might be playing right back and some left back minutes and maybe even some... Um, centre-back minutes as well so yeah I, I really like the look of him.
0: Alex I know you've watched a little bit of Timber and you have some reservations about his ability at right back what do you think of the prospect of Timber at right back getting significant minutes?
1: I have to say it's a very cautious verdict right now because I've not watched much of Timber but he definitely looks more comfortable on those inside channels or corridors carrying through from deep than he does out wide to me um Having said that, I'm not surprised we've seen him play at right back so far. And the role he's played has been quite inside. I also do think, at least from the preseason games, he looks quite nice holding width in higher areas and combining, because I think he's got that technique in, in tight spaces to to you know retain possession and really combine with suck and allow him to do stuff. So I can definitely see him playing, playing right back. I'm very excited to see where we use him. Obviously, we also used him at left back, where he sort of played like a hanging wide but underlapping role. Um, I think that was versus, was it versus Barcelona? Yeah. So so he's someone that we can clearly play across the backline. I'm excited to see what we can do with him.
0: His directness is what really excites me. He gets on the ball and he just goes, which I think is very fun. And I look forward to seeing that happen. And then he loses the ball and we can see the goal about three times during the Premier League this season. Uh, our final confirmed signing at the time of recording, is Mr. Declan Rice. Seb, how happy are you that Thomas Partey is now third-choice defensive
4: midfielder?
3: <laughs> yeah, I claimed
4: that on Twitter and got uh, <laughs> some heat for it. Um, yeah, as someone who, who has been incredibly vocal that we needed a defensive midfielder that is more measured in his past selection, while also having the physical tools to play that role consistently, Unlike the other guy we have who's actually quite good in Jorginho. Uh I'm extremely happy with this. Um I do think there's some adaptation still to be done, especially considering where we invert the fullbacks, where Rice would stand in those situations, etc., and how we figure that out. Um that's something I'm I'll be interested to see how that goes on. But overall we signed one of the best central midfielders in Europe. Uh so I can't really complain about that,
3: I think.
0: Manus, do you have anything to add on Declan Rice?
3: I love him. And (laughs) I hope that he adjusts and, you know, he starts well from the off. Because he's. So, watching his preseason minutes, uh, he was a little. He seemed a little apprehensive, but he's done, like, the basic number six, uh, some of the responsibilities of uh, recycling possession really well. But I still feel that he's coming to terms with, you know, where he's supposed to stand on the field like do, do i need to stay on the left side do i need to play in the center so a little bit of positioning uh but i think that will come uh he's he's on record saying that himself that he feels that uh with with minutes and in training it'll come so i i, I just really hope that he hits the ground running from the first game off
1: i've also been really impressed and obviously i think we easily get impressed with the stuff but just the the impact he's already had just as a person within the ground everyone says he's he feels like he's part of the group immediately. And just the way, like, how happy he looks to be at the club. feels like we're really bringing a, a good energy into the club, which which I think is an underrated soft factor, just passionate to be there. Um, That makes me really excited for the season and and what he will bring. Uh, I, we said this on the last part with with Lorcan, but I think it's going to take him some time to actually really get to grips with the positional stuff. And I think even though it's preseason, obviously, his first few, you can really see... Didn't look lost, but he looked very second guessy of himself a lot in terms of what he was doing. So it will take some time. But I think, in terms of the person we've brought to the club, um, I think it's going to be huge. Yeah, on that, I think I've never seen a player come to Arsenal and come across
4: this well in interviews already and sort of immediately try to grasp the history of the club and try to identify himself with it as much as Rice did. Which, I mean, his first interview blew me away, quite frankly.
1: It kills me because he's a Chelsea fan but like that's been completely put to the side <laughs> he's gonna start telling us Tony Adams was his <laughs> favorite <laughs> player growing up rather than rather
0: than Terry uh we've also had rumors this week linking us to David Ryer Brentford's goalkeeper Alex and Lorcan, I know you spoke about this on the preseason pod you've just recorded uh Manus have you got many thoughts on us potentially signing Raya,
3: I think uh, I'm definitely for the signing, but I'm sort of in the camp where I feel that it's good for competition rather than um, you know this whole debate that he'll replace Ramsdale because you don't give a new deal to a a keeper even though we just added one more year to Ramsdale Ram, Ramsdale's deal. Um, I feel that they'll they'll compete, but. The goalkeeper position is isn't as individualistic that as, as it used to be about five years ago. Uh, they're they're sort of a part of the build up now. If if you build up deep, so they're important. So the goalkeeper is really important. Uh, so I feel you could rotate these two keepers uh, either uh, by competition or you could rotate by opponents uh, in this. And if you want to go direct, I feel that Raya might be better. Uh, in his distribution uh, going long. Uh, but Ramsdale might be better in games where you want to build up like short to medium passes. So I, I don't think it's something uh, you know that Ramsdale is going to be sold next season.
4: I, I mean, this is all prefaced by the fact that we're monitoring him according to David Owenstein. That's basically it. But I think if we were to do it, it's A, a market opportunity first and foremost, seeing that his moves fell through and he's in the last year of his deal. And secondly, I think it's an unsustainable situation you're creating if it lasts longer than a season. Um I don't really see how you would give both of these guys the minutes they need to sort of sustain their happiness over more than a year. Um It's more so, to me at least, a testing of Ramsdale as a player long term. I mean there's question marks around him that people have brought up, like his, him underperforming post expected goals both years, having individual moments that aren't that great, which all keepers have. Uh, but something I found interesting, and I think someone on Twitter brought it up, uh, was calmness in a goalkeeper. And that being a sort of thing that can elevate a keeper more than more so than just the regular stuff he does. And Raya does strike me as a more calm profile uh, in opposed to Ramsdale who has said on multiple occasions he likes the crowd riling him up, he likes sort of being antagonized in that way uh, which can be perceived as a good thing but also can be perceived as something that breeds inconsistencies in his game uh, and leads to sort of rashness. Um, So It I think if this were to be a situation we'll have this season, I think it's more likely than not that one of those two would end up being the number one and the other would be shipped off within twelve months.
0: I I think my main opinion on this is that I don't think it's gonna happen. I'd be really surprised if we signed Ramsdale. Nope I'd be really (laughs) surprised if we (laughs) (laughs) I'd be really surprised if we signed Raya. I, I, for, for all of the reasons Seb listed, and also the fact that I just, the vibe I get is that we trust Ramsdale. Uh, so I don't see why we'd do something that might make him doubt his, our trust in him as a team, if that makes sense. Like, I, I think for the players having that confidence of knowing that you've got, the team behind you and like the manager's got your back and wants you is quite a big thing so i'd be surprised if we gave ramsdale this new contract and then brought in riot it would really really surprise me
1: players are different though right and they react differently to to different ways of being stimulated and i think ramsdale is someone who gets pushed to his best when he feels that maybe a bit of antagonism that competition um certainly it's something that i think has you know, bears out in his game in terms of when he performs well with the crowds. And I think maybe it's something that he was a bit too comfortable with Turner last year. Um, That this this is something that they see that can push him. And not even necessarily... It's interesting, right, what will happen 12 months down the line. But maybe if that can push them for whoever wins the keeper wall this season. That said, I I also... I'm not sure it's really going to happen. I think it is a... A market opportunity for a player that we've we've liked for some time. Obviously, we wanted him in 2020, um, and has one year left on his contract. I think that is most of it. I'd be very surprised if we even spend 30 million on Raya, but I could see I could see it happening. So that's sort of where I stand. But I think it is something that it, it is unstable, not unstable, unsustainable long term. I think one thing to add on the antagonizing Ramsay thing
4: is that. I think it's a special situation with Raya considering Inaki Kanya our goalkeeping coach. A worked with Raya before and B pushed for him even before we signed Ramsdale. I think that's an amalgam that would immediately put doubts in Ramsdale's head. Not trying not trying to project or anything, but it's it's just a bad look I think for your number one to be put in that situation.
3: Does that create a positive environment or does that create a negative environment in training? because Ramsdale still has certain aspects of his games that he needs to improve but there's nobody in training who's as good as him who's pushing him but somebody like Raya where they both have an overlap of skill set but they have variety as well so I think Ramsdale still needs to work on some of his 1v1s where there's a chance for him to be chipped he sort of tends to flap flap around Uh, I think he needs to improve his distribution where he's kicking to his right Um, so i think there are aspects to improve If, if if the goalkeeper coach is thinking okay i bring raya in and it creates a positive environment for the next 12 months at least and champions league minutes and the premier league is a going concern for us for the next let's say three or four years because i'm assuming that we'll be in the champions league going forward from here so I think minutes should not be an issue. And if we're looking at dividing minutes by opponents, I think it might work out. I, I think,
0: ultimately, none of us are sports psychologists and none of us know Aaron Ramsdale personally. So we, you can take everything that's been discussed in the last five minutes or so with a hefty pinch of salt. But I, I do think it's an interesting question. as like, Will would signing Raya be a positive or a negative? Like, even if we do sign him, we may never know if it was a good thing or not. So, uh, but I do think it's an interesting point for discussion. Is there any other business you guys think we should do as a side? Do you think there are other signings that need to be made? Like, I personally, I don't know. I, I I feel like I'd be happy. With if we ne- didn't if we made no more signings this summer, not because I don't think there's places in the squad that could be improved. Like I kept banging the we should get someone to rotate for Saka drum, uh. But it seems that the club disagree with me, so I'm going to give up. <laughs> uh, Lorkum, what do you think?
2: Yeah, just on that Saka note as well. Um, we've just been talking about sharing minutes it's i think the main thing with Saka is we have people who can play there in nelson and mainly jesus in my opinion i I, I wouldn't feel too comfortable seeing anyone else other than jesus but i think jesus is a is a great backup right winger but i think people are like oh we need to maintain some of the same um, stylistic stuff so we need to get in a left footer but then left-footed right wingers is a kind of scarce and they can't really play elsewhere and it's it's easier said than done um, in terms of new signings I think we need a midfielder because I don't think Havertz is one <laughs> and I think we'll inevitably get to that point in the season where we just need a controller in the team <laughs> so yeah that's <laughs>
0: uh... Sometimes when we do this podcast, I wish we had a um, visual component to it, like a YouTube video or something. Um, This was one of those moments, because Manus (laughs) had his camera off for a little while, uh, but while Lorcan was talking then, he just reappeared, shaking his head, (laughs) which was very funny. Uh, So, I'll I'll let Manus come in and disagree with Lorcan there.
3: (laughs) Uh, I I don't think we need to spend that money replacing somebody who's just just signed. Um, because I feel we have depth in midfield where we can like reuse and reuse. Uh, if we need variety and someone who needs to be more comfortable in build up. And uh, you need somebody to come deep in, in in the first phase because you want Odegaard upright. Uh, you can probably play Trossard because we've seen that happen in the preseason a little bit. Uh, so I, I think he's a good interior uh, interior variety to have if you don't want to deploy him off of the left wing. So I think I'm on on the side of it, it's better to spend money if you're going to spend more money on having uh, a quality backup for Saka because if, uh, God forbid, he gets injured, where how are we replacing that output? So, because I expect him to continue scoring and being the highest scorer on his team going forward. I think it's
0: reasonable to suggest that we may want to play a midfield that's slightly more defensive if you will than Havertz, Erdogan Rice at times this season but I also think it's entirely plausible to construct that midfield with players we already have at the club say play Jorginho and Partey play Jorginho and Rice play Partey and Rice we've got three defensive midfielders we can just play another one of them instead of Havertz we'll be fine
1: Alex, um, just on the on the topic of I guess both midfielders and then sharing win- minutes or spreading minutes at right wing. Um, what do you guys think of the the Mohamed Kudus links? Because he's someone who could play midfield. Obviously, doesn't add the steel that I think I would like to add to midfield. But with have with but with Partey not leaving, it doesn't look like we're gonna add someone there. But he's someone who could both play midfield in deeper midfield and help us build out from deep. As well as playing um, on the right wing, and he's a left-footer. I don't know. I'm... I I I feel like
0: I feel like it's not going to happen, and I feel like it's not going to happen because we've already signed Kai Havertz for sixty million pounds. We've already signed our tweener attacker midfielder for the su- summer. I think. Um, if we were to get him for that reason, I think it would be weird, and I don't. Quite know how it would fit. I suppose then Lorcan gets his dream, and Havertz becomes an attacker, and Caduce plays in midfield. I don't know. To be you fair, getting Fabio Vieira, getting Kai Havertz mm-hmm. was a bit weird, wasn't it? So yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. If, if you're a hater and a loser, you can make the argument that everything we've done this summer's been a bit weird. But we're not those people. We think we believe in the project, and we trust Mikel Arteta's decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Normally in a season preview podcast you may expect for there to be some discussion of the preseason friendlies that have gone on beforehand. In this podcast there will not be any of that because Alex and Lorcan have literally just recorded a podcast that was just that. So there's no point in us going over that ground once again. So we are going to move straight on to having a look towards the new season uh, and trying to establish our expectations, set our priors, make sure that we all know what our thoughts are going into the new year. The way we're going to do this is we've got three questions that we're going to answer now that are a bit more nebulous, a bit more general, that we will all answer. And then after the break, we are going to steal a format from fellow club-based tactics podcast all stats aren't we who are amazing uh and they have their over under pre-season questions and we are going to steal that and do that for a little bit after the break but first we got a few more nebulous questions to dig into um firstly what are you most excited for this season or what are you most excited to see lorcan what are you most excited to see this season?
2: Um, So my generic answer is just everything in that I have so many questions, um, more questions than answers, even after preseason. So just everything coming together um, is the generic answer. And then the more specific answer would be Declan Rice in an Arsenal shirt, um, how quickly he acclimatizes and the role he ends up having, slash the roles. And also, hopefully, I'm trying to manifest uh, the resurgence of Emil Smith-Rowe in an Arsenal shirt who I still think is one of the club's most prized assets. Um, and yeah, I love him.
0: But is Ms- is Smith Rohr a midfielder though? <laughs>
2: uh, more so than Howard.
4: <laughs> Fair enough. Seb, what are you most excited uh, I'm for? I'm excited to see the growing relationship between Gabriel Jesus and Kai Havertz playing together. I think they're relatively complementary profiles and that Jesus likes to drop and sort of get involved in build-up and go from there and how being able to occupy those spaces when he leaves them is something I think will be fruitful for us this season. I think it's going to be more of them being the most advanced players in the sort of central lanes and I think both of them complement each other to an extent that I think they will do great
1: things there. This is the podcasting equivalent of a subtweet at Lorcan <laughs> because <laughs> given he doesn't think they'll play together, but yeah. Manus, what are you excited
0: to see?
3: So, uh, having watched the preseason, I am excited about the variability that we're going to add and how that's going to work out. The thing that I'm looking forward to is uh, Gabriel Jesus having um, injury free. Thirty-eight game season. I think he could do pits if he is fit and he's firing.
0: Very good answer, Alex. What are you thinking?
1: Well, I wasn't expecting this one to make its way to me. I thought it would be still it would be taken earlier, but definitely Champions League. I'm excited to. I'm excited to see us back in the Champions League. I think it's something we haven't seen players like Saka at the Bernabeu. You know, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be huge. Um, I'm also excited for us to be back in the UEFA Youth League. I can't lie. That'll be fun too. We've missed out on guys like Patino really having mm. having their... Um, yeah, being able to play there. Uh, I think besides that, I agree. Millsmith Rose is someone exc- I'm excited for. Also to see if, if Reese Nelson really gets, gets more minutes because I was really impressed by him last season. And I think he's someone who actually really suits the type of player we want out wide as well as being pretty good. So... So yeah, I think those are some of the things I'm most excited for on top of generally just what we're actually planning to do with the team.
2: I'm extremely disappointed in myself for not having mentioned the Champions League because that is <laughs> my answer now. I think I zoomed in a little bit too much.
0: I, I think for me, the the unique answer that hasn't already been said that jumps to my mind is I'm really excited to see how Urien Timber does. Uh, Really curious to see how he does. Like, if he gets a lot of minutes, I'm quite excited by the idea of a roaming, rampaging right-back who's coming from midfield, not coming from burning down the wing. He picks up the ball in midfield and then just drives at the heart of the opposition. I think that sounds super fun, and I... Can't wait to hopefully see that this season. Secondly, what is your biggest concern going into the season? Seb, we'll start with you.
4: I had written down that my biggest concern is growing pains. I think we've come out of preseason not as clear on how we want to shape up this season as we did last season, where everything was pretty definitive by the end of preseason. Uh and that's also to do with the profiles of players we brought in, like Rice having to adjust to A a more possession-based team and B probably playing in zones that he's not been playing in as much uh beforehand. Uh Karl, the same readjusting to a role he did play very well in Germany. Um and sort of just figuring that out before sort of truly clicking is probably my biggest concern because after that I think we'll be fine.
3: Manas? Yeah, I think my answer uh, sort of overlaps to what SEP said there. My biggest concern is that, one, we're definitely not going to start as hot as we did because the, the first six months were basically an, an, an anomaly. And because we're going to start slow, I think, because we're not going to hit those numbers again, uh, I feel it, it could be a little bit slower because we've changed the entire interior of the left side because there's rice and there's habits. So there there will be a slower start. It could be more slower because like how how much adjusting time do they need to understand the movements? So we might have like see in the beginning certain games that we might be grinding out or something if we feel like don't hit the ground running. So that's my biggest concern,' just the start of the season.
1: Alex I think my biggest concern, and it's something I didn't mention when we spoke about what business we think we have left to do because I kind of wanted to keep this for this part, but is that we maybe don't have backup for Saliba still, despite bringing in Timber who I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see if he can do the role, but, but yeah, I think Saliba was so important to what we did with our high line last year. I think his ability to, to step up or to, to sweep in and protect the back line and protect us in transitions was super important. So I still don't really feel that we have that profile. And if we lose, Saliba, having said that, has he really played as a, a sweeper centre-back this um, pre-season? Not really, but but yeah, I feel like if we lose Saliba, I still think we could be in trouble. I still believe it's the main reason we kind of fumbled at the end of, of last season, um, and I think this goes into maybe general doubts that have been building up about maybe there's too many different pieces, as much as we are, you know, bringing all of these different profiles and trying to lose the sense of, like, set roles and positions, but rather just combinations of players if we still don't have the right backup in certain areas to have this sort of semblance of a, a team, like a template in terms of how we play um, and how we go game to game. Just quickly on the Saliba point, I think I'm far more
4: comfortable with that considering we now have ample fullback options to have the ability to put Ben White inside again. And I think he's stylistically probably the best fit there if we don't have Saliba.
1: Just a quick one. I, I I agree that that helps a lot. I still don't really like how um I still don't really like White that much as as a sweeper centre back profile. I think it, it definitely improves us, but it still feels it's obviously not last season where we have to play holding right. But it still feels like something where I still have doubts. And to be honest, I think I'd still prefer Timber probably definitely in terms of recovery pace um, to play the sweeper role. But obviously again, that's tentative these are tentative takes about Timber finally Lorcan uh, what are you concerned about
0: going into this season
2: yeah I'm going to sort of append what people have already said I think um, just we've had to we've almost won the title and we've had to build on that but we've arguably had to do so in a way that's kind of overturned the spine of the team which is quite uncomfortable um, learning a new system um, I I fear if we play you know a midfield of Havertz, Odagarden, and Rice that we might relinquish control in certain games, um, but especially where we don't have Zinchenko, um, and then being sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place between whether that system of old last season becomes more tempting if we struggle with the new one, um, I also think our new not game model but style of play might be something that invites chaos a little bit more, and we're already a young chaotic in a good way and bad way um team so i think there's some there might be some sort of games that resemble um southampton at home last season which was probably like when my heart rate was most elevated across the 38 games so yeah those are my biggest concerns i guess
0: for me and I, I think this is a very general boiling down of what we've been discussing about with all our concerns. My major concern is just plain that we're worse than last year. Like, it's very feasible with the both the changes we made and the fact that we ran so unbelievably hot through the first period of last season that we come into this year and we're just not quite as good and are not quite as good in us is sustained throughout the season. Um, obviously, in an ideal world, we're fine, and I'm I'm pretty hopeful and pretty positive that we will be. The signings, especially, excite me. Uh, the more the more I talk about and read other people talking about and listen to other people talking about the signings that we've made, the more excited I am to see how they might work in our system. Uh, and I'm hoping that they do work in our system. It's not going to, they're not going to come in and break things. Uh, so I, I suppose you could generally boil down our worries to the incredibly generic. I'm worried we'll be worse.
2: I think, sorry, just to comment on that. Cause I think that's entirely um, normal and rational. And I share it just, I can't speak for anyone else, but in speaking for myself and some other Arsenal fans, cause just cause I've had so many of these conversations, half of that is that rational side. And half of it is the, like the imposter syndrome of, we grew up hearing this is what Arsenal is like being, like dominating England, and for most of us we haven't actually seen it, (laughs) so now that we're here it's like oh my god we're going you know we and we didn't win the title last year obviously it's like okay that was our one chance, Um, but it's rational as well.
1: It's it's a it's a weird one where I think the rational part does also look at this team and think. Next year will be the year that we'll be at our best you know with with some big pieces having had a year to really learn the system, but then at the same time, there is that like combustor syndrome that feels like if we don't capitalize on it now, man United will be ready next year or something like that so so that's am maybe not a concern because there's not really a rational behind it, but just a a worry that I have that like the first the first 11 does feel like it could be worse partly because we're changing the tactics up partly because we've lost Jacques who was important i don't think he was one of the best players in the 11 by any means but he was a very important part of what we did um but i do think as a squad and you know in the aggregate we are a better team than we were last year just whether that comes together now or next season we'll have to see
0: yeah that's very fair our final more nebulous question is who is this a big season for so pick a player pick a I don't know member of staff you think (laughs) that the goalkeeping coach is going to be really excited to have David Raya back Uh, but who do we think this is going to be a big season
1: for whoever's whoever's stepping into Gary O'Driscoll's shoes really has to to keep it up (laughs) Manus, what do you think
3: um I think it's a big season for Mikel Arteta because I feel he has to deliver the Premier League this season. Um, it's I think he's fourth season now, right? Uh, we've bagged him, we've given him all the money, the ownership is behind him. I, I believe he'll keep getting the support, he'll keep getting, if, if he wants to add more players this season. I think we've sort of said this season, okay, but going all out. Uh, you reshape this squad how you want to, but I I definitely do think this is the season when he will deliver the Premier League.
0: Right. So we we are forty five minutes into recording the preseason podcast, and this is the first time you're you're saying, Manus, we will win the Premier League.
3: Yes, I think we will.
0: <laughs> love it, love
3: it. I think this season Let's we go. will because um, I think. S- City is the only team that I think will be in there this season maybe Liverpool but I think City have this quality of just shifting the speed at which they play like throughout the season Um, and they can just match you and then just kill you uh, in the one v ones. but I think we'll be better this season Uh, and I think this season it's a big for Arteta I think he definitely needs to deliver one major trophy this season
1: That is very reasonable Alex what do you think? So I obviously set up the doc, and I just realized big season can either mean like they're going to have a big season, but I read it. Well, I wrote it as um a big season, as in it's a telling season for their like their time at Arsenal, maybe. So I went with Fabio Vieira. Um, I know it's already you know it's only his second season with us, but such as the competitiveness of the squad, it does feel that he needs to show quite a bit more um this season. And I think he could. I, I still have a lot of faith in Fabio. I think he's got an incredible skill set um, and, and the best final ball in the, in, at the club. But but I think it's a big season for him whether he kind of shows up. I think he's had moments in preseason, but then also been guilty of what he was criticized for last year, where he kind of phased out of games or felt like he wasn't really there. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a big season for him. He should get more minutes now, um, particularly in the Premier League with us in the Champions League again. And yeah, I think if he doesn't really show the level that I think he has, if he doesn't show it this season, then I think given what the squad looks like and how competitive it is, I mean, we've even speaking about like Raya challenging Ramsdale and Ramsdale's done nothing really wrong yet, right? I think it's a very competitive squad and I could see him kind of leaving earlier than he would have. Just partly all of this is because last season was already so much better than we were expecting it to be. That he's become a bit of a victim of that, or a casualty of the speed of at which the project has progressed. But but yeah, I think it's a big it's a big season for him to to show what he's made of.
0: Lorcan?
2: Um, I mean I have several names. Um the two names that are kind of come with an asterisk, and the asterisk being provided that they're given the platform to play, uh Smithrow and Eddie and Ketcher, because it feels like if either of those slash both of those were to have down seasons this season, then they might be surplus requirements next year, which I can definitely and kind of do see with Eddie. And I don't for Smith-Rowe, but again, like I could see how that situation could come to be. Um, and I also think Havertz and Rice, um, a big season as well. I, I am confident in both of those, especially Rice. But I just think given that they're replacing what was our spine last season in Partey and checker, Um, I think they'll have a lot of responsibilities.
4: Seb? I've gone for Alex Colling's favourite signing of the last three windows, uh, Leonard Rosser. <laughs> I think, um, I've already liked what I've seen from Trossa in the half season he was here, but I think he really put out a mission statement, if you will, during pre-season of playing in various different roles and excelling in each of them and sort of being as sharp as he has been in preseason I think he really has sort of established himself as someone who says I want to start here and not just be a luxury backup and him having that fight maybe winning it maybe losing it is something I'll be interested
1: in this year. Can I just since, since I've been mentioned but I have been Slowly but surely won over by, by Leandro Trossard, especially in the middle. I think I'm still not a fan of him in the wide areas, and I've spoken about that at length, but he's a very hard player to resist in the middle, and, and I think he's he's been maybe behind Saka, our best player this preseason. Um, arguably even as good as Saka has been. Are you revoking um, the centre name? Like, well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, it's too good a slander name yeah, to, to revoke. It's simple but effective, Diandra <laughs> Drosson. But no, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see how he does. Um, we'll see. I, Alex loves Lacazette, <laughs> but Alex lacks a threat. <laughs> it's too bad. good.
0: <laughs>
4: That's excellent. To be fair,
0: thirty goals by the way. Thirty goals last season. <laughs> uh, I, I think. My player, who this is a big season for, is Gabriel Jesus. Like the first 10 games of last year, like we saw the dream of what Gabriel Jesus as a starting striker could be for Arsenal. And after his injury, we saw glimpses of it, but it was never quite the same. He's going to need to come back firing if he's going to continue to be the main man the centerpiece of our attack in this project which is what he wants to be and what we all want him to be I'm sure because we've all seen how good he can be but can he continue to be that good um I don't want to say I'm concerned that he won't be but I do think he needs to be, and he needs to be consistently over the course of this season. Manus, you said how excited you are to see him have a season uninterrupted by injury, Uh and I'm excited to see that as well, but I also think that it it needs to happen if he's going to continue to be our starting striker into the future, because I think if he has another year where he like shows flashes of being amazing or is amazing for a stretch and then not amazing for a stretch... We could be sat here this time
1: next summer talking about how he's been replaced. Alex? Maybe this is going back to Manus even putting pointing him out as the player he's most excited for, but I am quite encouraged by his preseason. He's looking he's looking sharper again. Um and also hearing that he's still been harbouring that knee injury. Um does go to explain maybe that lack of of general like explosiveness um and sharpness when he came back last season. And I think what for the first three seasons of the for, sorry for the first three months of of last se- season he was the best player I've ever seen so so <laughs> so I'm excited to see him coming back for sure, and I agree it is a big season, such as the competitiveness of the squad and the fact that we don't have that like thirty goals plus assists player um across all comps, despite how good we were last season, and it usually is your striker. I mean, what did Harlan probably have about sixty overall, if not more, you know? And with that, we are finished
0: with our more nebulous pre-season questions. We're going to take a quick break now. And when we come back, I'll be handing the reins of the podcast over to Alex, who will take us through our over-unders for the 23-24 season.
1: And a hot take.
0: And a hot take. Well, that was a lovely break. I'm sure you enjoyed the 10 seconds that that was for you. For us, it was a lot longer than 10 seconds. Uh, And we are now back refreshed and ready to go through our over-unders for the 2023-24 season. To clarify how this works, we have a list of questions that we are going to ask in the rough format of Will X thing be over or under Y number? So, for example, our first question is going to be, will Arsenal score over or under 86 league points this season? For context, 86 league points is the number of points that Tottenham Hotspur got that one season where they were second, and is two more points than we got last year. We will then all answer those questions, giving our reasoning behind our answers And then at the end of the season, in our season review podcast, we can revisit these questions and decide definitively who was right and who was not right. I'm going to now hand over hosting duties to the wonderful Alex Collings, who decided that it would be his job to get through these (laughs) questions.
1: All right, so I think we're going to try and make it relatively rapid fire to avoid some of the long pods that we had at the end of last season, but it's still enough for everyone to speak. I think we're going to go for a rough order. So Seb first, then Manas, then Towles, then Lorcan, and then I'll round out each question with my own answer. Um, So yeah, let's start. Will Arsenal score overall under 86 league points next season? Seb? I think that's a tricky threshold. I
4: think we've all said this, basically, that I think we will definitely get less than 50 points in the first half of the season. I don't think that's even a controversial statement to make. But I also think we will end the season better than we did last year. Uh, The the points total towards the end of the year was actually quite bad. Um, The end of the season, rather. So I had us coming out at slightly under 86 points. Do you have a total for us? I've gone tentatively with 82.
1: 82, all right. So
0: yeah. So for a bonus point, I don't don't think Alex said this. For a bonus point, we're also giving our precise points totals for Arsenal this season.
1: Manus?
3: Uh I think Arsenal will score more than eighty six points this season. I think we will get eighty seven, and that will win us the Premier League. And my reasoning is because of the last four seasons, on average, eighty seven points wins you the league. And uh, we'll start the season slower, like Seb said, but we'll end it better. And I'm expecting Gabriel Jesus to have a better season this year. So I think we'll score more goals. Um, And given that we've added Declan Rice to our midfield, I think we'll concede lower in transition. So I think we'll get 87 points this season.
0: Towels. I'm going to play the game here. Uh, And so we stole this format from the wonderful All Stats Aren't We podcast, which is a Leeds United podcast. Uh, And they've been running this format for a few years, and they have discussed how the best way to do this is pessimism. And being down on your team generally performs better. Sean must do pretty well then. (laughs) Yeah. In in the interest of winning the game, I'm going to say under. Um, I, I do actually think we'll probably get under 86 points. My precise answer is 85. Um, I think we will be overall better than last season. But I think... I, I discussed this at the back end of last season. I think it's not unlikely that there will be another team providing a more sustained challenge for the title that is not just Arsenal City this year. Uh, and therefore, I think the likelihood, it's just as likely that we finish third as it is that we finish first, in my opinion. Uh, and so I'm going with a total of 85 points.
1: Just as a, an aside, has there ever been a team that's come third with 85 points in the league? I don't think No so. idea. I don't, it's, a, it's a high total. Um, I also yeah. don't
4: see any team that would get anywhere near there that's not a City. But
1: that's a
2: <laughs> All right, moving on. Loken? Uh, I'm going to go with over. I think the quality of the league next season will be pretty comparable to last season. It might be a little bit better with clubs like Liverpool taking a bit of a jump. Um, I agree with Manas in that I think the high 80s slash maybe low 90s is where the league will be won rather than, like, Centurion's territory. Um, I think we'll... I'm going to go with over, and I'm going going to go with 88 points.
1: Perfect. I think... I'm going to go an under. I think we're going to start a bit slow. I think we're going to be more consistent over the season, so I'm going to say we're going to end with the same that we had last season with 84 points. I just think there's a lot of gelling to do that I think... I don't see us doing quick enough. I think we could end stronger, actually, rather than start stronger um, next season. But I think it will generally be a bit more consistent. And I guess we'll speak about it later. But I, I think with other competitions, I think we could see ourselves having success there that then again harms maybe the league. So I'm going to say 84 points, which is funny territory because I never thought I'd answer below um, towels. But this is where we find <laughs> ourselves. Um, Yep. Moving on. Next question: Will Odegaard score over or under ten league goals this season? Seb, what's your answer? I've gone with under,
4: and I think that's largely predicated on me envisioning him to have a slightly different role to last season. I think he'll he will have less chances to crash the box the way he did last season, uh, considering Havertz's presence. Uh, so, should I give a precise answer here as well? Absolutely. Uh, I've gone seven league goals for Odegaard, which is the exact same that Shaka got last year in the slightly more conservative of the eights. That's my reasoning there.
1: That's solid reasoning. Manus?
3: Yeah, I think uh, Odegaard will get... So I think the number is 10 because I want to say 10. They
1: go for it. Neither over nor under.
3: Yeah, I think he'll get exactly 10 because he got 15 last year and I don't expect him to get 15 non penalty goals again. Um, I think he'll get 10 exactly because if Havertz plays left hand, I think when the build-up is from the left side, I think he'll still have opportunities to meet the ball on the penalty spot. Um, and th- in the preseason, I think he attacked the far post, far post as well at times. So I think he'll get around 10.
1: Perfect.
0: Talz? I'm actually a little bit annoyed that Manus said that, because I was going to come in and say exactly that <laughs> as well. Uh, but in the interests of giving different answers for this game, I'm going to say over. Uh, I think we will continue to be cutback merchants to the same extent, if not more, than we were last season. And Erdogan drifting into the penalty spot will still be a source of... I'm going to say at least four goals next season we're going to get at least four goals from Erdegar coming onto a cutback around the penalty area um, so I think he will while not getting quite so many as he did last season because Havertz is also there being a cutback merchant uh, I do think he will get over 10 precise number 12
1: okay and Logan
2: um, yeah I was also going to say 10 <laughs> uh, funnily enough uh I think, I agree with some of the reasoning that's been put forward. I think, I mean, Odegaard, I know Odegaard perform overperformed his expected goals last season, which in itself isn't a great stat. Like, it, it doesn't tell us too much because um, there's more relevant data to or, or situations to look at and why that was. Um, that being said, there were a number of goals just from, was it the, what was that two seasons ago? Jeez. I'm thinking. I think I'm thinking of two seasons ago now. The Brighton, but he, I, I think he had like one or two deflected goals. Um, I think his role as as um, a couple of people have said will be a bit more conservative. I'm going to go with nine. I think so. I'm going to say under. See, I also wanted to go for ten. Um,
1: so <laughs> that seems to be the general consensus. But since everyone else is playing the goal, I do think I'm going to go under and I'm going to say eight. I think he'll have about eight goals. Similar reasoning. Um, I think he's going to be a bit more withdrawn this season, especially with Havertz playing a bit more high, especially if Smith-Rowe comes into that position as well, or into that role rather. So yeah, let me say eight, and I think overall, I think he'll have about a 12-goal season across, across competitions. Um, moving on. Will our top goal-plus-assist contributor this season bag over or under 30 goals and assists in all competitions.
4: Uh, I've gone over, definitely. I think it's pretty easy to say that, considering Saka got 20... What was it, 27, 28 last season? 26, I think. 26. Uh, and we basically tanked every competition that was in the Premier League. Um, the fact that I don't think we'll do that this year uh, gives me a pretty strong indication that Saka being our top scorer, Spoiler. I think uh, will get more than 30.
1: Perfect. Manas?
3: Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be Saka and I think he will cross 30 goals and assists in all comps this season. But the only thing I'm thinking is whether he'll be rotated or not. So that, again, depends on what we do in the market or how we're approaching different competitions. Uh, But I think he'll get over 30, maybe 31. Just like slightly over 30. Oh, perfect.
1: We're actually going to do who we think the top goal contributor is and their tally so seb so Manus has it at 31 for Saka. seb you have it at
4: 34 i didn't even think about it that's just the first
1: number that popped into my head oh 34 for sucker okay perfect moving on towels so i'm actually going to go under
0: i think based on the fact that it, and it has been made quite a bit of um by people who are not Arsenal fans over on twitter i uh, that saka overperformed his expected numbers last year uh i think a little bit of regressing to the mean in that sense plus a little bit of playing in the champions league and therefore getting some goals in the champions league uh will even out him coming out very similar in a very similar area to his 26 goal contributions or comps that he got this year. Uh, But I'm gonna be a bit contrarian and say that he's not gonna be our highest contributor to that. I'm gonna say our highest contributor will be Martinelli based purely on vibes and other people saying Saka. Uh, And I'm gonna say Martinelli will get 29.
2: Perfect. Lorcan... Uh, I'm going to go Saka, and I'm going to go over agreeing with Seb and Manas I think um, I think he'll take another leap this season or another jump this season um, I think we've already seen he was directly responsible for a load of our goals and pre-season I think the only question is whether we do enough as um, a team to get him in those goal goal-scoring opportunities uh, or zones rather um, which again is why we've talked about um, Smith Rowe and that right eight role doesn't really look like it will happen. Um but basically getting Saka close to goal. Um I think we might use Timber in a way that does that as well, which will be something to look out for. Um I also know that Arteta uses um Saka so much, um way too much. Um so I'm gonna go Saka over and I'm gonna go thirty three.
1: Thirty-three. I'm gonna go over as well. I also am going to go Saka and pretty much for all the same reasons that everyone else said. I think he's going to hit maybe 30 on the dots. For me, I'm actually thinking 15 and 15. Although maybe actually now that I think about it, he's taking penalties as well. He might not be. Wait, so is your answer bang on or is it over? Hmm. Let me... You're right, that's... Uh, I did confuse myself there. Let me, let me say it's going to be 32 and be, and be brave. 16 and 16. Um, I also think he's going to take a jump. I also think that Gabby J, I could see making it close. Maybe if he sorts out his finishing kind of like a 29 goal in season. Hey, hey, hey. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm unsure on this one. I've changed my mind a couple of times, but I think I'm going to settle there. Let's move on. So will Timber play over or under 2,500 minutes this season in all competitions? Seb, what's your answer? This one's difficult for me because
4: I'm very bad at calculating minutes. Um I think he'll just crack 2,500 in all comps. If we were just going on Premier League minutes, I don't think he'll get near that. But considering there'll be quite a lot of comp games, I think, plus gem and seek minutes and rotation there, I think he'll crack 200, uh, two hundred
1: 2,500, yeah. Manus
3: um so let me just give this a thought so 1000 minutes is about 11 games 11 90s so that's 22 and let's say about 5 so, so i don't think he'll cross 2500 so i'm, I'm going to go under so that he would have to start about 25 plus games so
1: you think to get
3: 25 you think
1: white's going to be by far the, the favorite choice. I think White had about 3,600 minutes last season.
3: Yeah, even if you split halfway, I think he will not get more than 25 starts. Or, or more than 25 full 90s, not starts. See, Manus Perfect. actually right. did a math. That's, so that's just a
4: good thing to do in this
3: situation. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to come under 2,500 this season. Perfect. Towels.
0: Yeah, so for a little bit of context in terms of why we've picked 2,500 minutes as a number, it's a pretty good indicator of someone being like a regular first team player, regular first team starter. Manus said that it's like around 2590s across the season. Um, Zinchenko in all comps last season got 2,411 minutes, so it's a little bit more than Zinchenko played last season. With that logic in mind, I'm agreeing with Manus and going with Under. I think that he will get like a fair share of game time, but I reckon it'll probably come out just a little bit under 2,000 minutes. I reckon it'll be more like... No, a little bit under 2,500 minutes. I think I reckon it will come out more like 2,000 flat. Um, But yeah, I can see him getting a very similar game... A very similar level of game time across all comps this season that Zinchenko got last season, given Zinchenko had his injuries and he was rotated in the Champions League, no, in the Europa League quite a few
1: times. Perfect. And Logan?
2: Yeah, I think just for reference, um, I could be wrong here, but I think Zinchenko hit 2,400 last season with the injuries and and rotation that Taos was talking about. Um I do. yeah I
0: said that it's two thousand four
2: hundred eleven. Oh sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <It's laughs> right. Get it right, right. Lorcan. <laughs> um yeah, so I'm I'm gonna copy Taus's answer and to be fair everyone else. Um I think he'll hit something like twenty three hundred. Um I don't think he'll go over twenty five hundred minutes.
1: That's boring. I also don't think he's gonna hit two thousand five hundred. <laughs> I was hoping someone would think he would be a starter over. over I ben mean White. did Seb
0: not say he'd go over. Yeah he did, but uh, I'm starting to
1: immediately regret that decision after. You know what? actually did the math.
4: <laughs> no,
0: I, I I reckon I, I reckon you could be in for a win here. Like say Arteta really yeah. loves him and decides to play him over white in all the games, then you could get you could be racking up a big score in the end of season review. So I, I, I encourage you not to change your answer.
1: Yeah, don't worry, Seb, I understand the the regret of, of immediately answering and then deciding that you that's probably not right. I think with the goal contributor thing I'm also having second doubts, but let's move forward and yes in the league will gabriel Jesus score over or under the number of clean sheets ramsdale records in the coming season i think last season gabby J scored 11 obviously in the hindri- injury hit season and ramsdale recorded 14 clean sheets i believe so seb with that information where do you stand on that for the coming season As this is a question that has just
4: occurred to me, and I have not been able to prepare for this, I need to do this off the top of my head again. Um, I'm going with Jesus' goals. I think he's in for far far more, maybe a stretch, but I think he'll be closer to 20 than he is to 10 goals this season. Uh, And I don't think that will be matched in clean sheets.
1: Do you wanna have a have a guess at the number of clean sheets and the number of goals Gabby J will I'm not doing a bonus for this one, I can't be asked about it down. <laughs> then I will not be uh
4: making myself <laughs> a fool again. <laughs> Fair enough. Manus, what's
1: your answer?
3: So Ramsdale, um I feel we're defensively better this season with Rice. But I'm again I'm hoping in Cabrill Jesus is gonna have a big season, so I I'm gonna go with Jesus. I think he's going he's to get more goals than Ramsdale clean sheets this season. Do we have to give a number as well? Go for it. I encourage bravery. I'm expecting him to get at least 13 to 14 goals in the league. Uh, at least. I'm hoping he'll get more. Um, so, uh, e- even if Ramsdale gets 14 clean sheets again... Um, Gabriel I think he Gabriel would get over fourteen. So yeah. I think I'll go with Gabriel. Tells.
0: I'm gonna go with more Ramsdale clean sheets, not because I think Jesus is gonna be bad or anything. I think Jesus is probably I, I think Jesus is on for another like roughly fifteen league goal season. I think that would be a very good season for him for us in terms of goal scoring. Uh, especially given he got eleven last year. A lot of them were comped at the start of the season, but like no injuries and roughly the same level of production, perhaps spread out over the whole season instead of focused in the first three or four games. Uh, I think 15 league goals is a very reasonable target for Jesus. I also think that we will be defensively stronger next season, not just because we've added Rice, but because we are not going to have, uh, well, I'm touching wood so hard right now. Uh, we're not going to have an extended run of games where we're going to have to play Rob Holding at centre-back. So I think that will dramatically increase our likelihood of picking up clean sheets. So I think I, I think it's quite likely that um, Ramsdale's number of clean sheets will be closer to 20 than 10 next season. I, I think, what was it, like 19 De Gea got to win the Golden Glove, something like that? Um so I, I think something like 16, 17 is reasonable and doable for Ramsdale. And I think it's more likely that he'll do that than Jesus will get 17, 18 goals. So my answer is Ramsdale clean sheets.
3: Logan.
2: Um, my answer is Gabriel Jesus goals. Um, did you say, Taz, did you say uh, De Gea got 19 clean sheets last season? Don't quote me on it, that's off the top of my head. Right, because he did yeah, he did win it at least. So I think he um, you got twenty.
1: Right.
2: I mean that's spun Let me, me look firstly. It um I I think I think I'm just gonna go yeah, I'm gonna go with Garo goals. I kind of foresee a lot of games where we sort of win two one three one. Um where we don't we're not able to exert total control on the game just because of the amount of um sort of 50-50 situations that we embrace and invite. Um, I'm also hoping that Gabriel Jesus scores more goals just because of his availability. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Gabriel Jesus, 16 goals and 14 clean sheets. It was actually only 17 clean sheets. Why does it feel hair.
1: like it was so much more, so many more? Okay.
0: I don't know. It, it does. But I, I, I'm i not going to change my answer. I'm going to stick with um, Jesus' No, I'm going to stick with Ramsdale I mean, he four. held
2: seven against Liverpool, so.
1: <laughs> That's worth losing
0: a couple. E- even if predicting Ramsdale does higher than Jesus would require him to, like, win the Golden Glove, I'm going to stick with it. I'm sticking to my guns. Yeah, proud, can I just say, I,
2: I'd, I'd rather Ramsdale get, like, nine or ten clean sheets and not hold seven to Spurs <laughs> than win the Golden Glove and hold seven <laughs> to Spurs, so.
1: Fair. on Unprinciple. Yeah, for me, for me, it's definitely Gabby J. I think he's gonna score like eighteen. I think in the league this season. Um, let me say fourteen assists, uh, fourteen clean sheets again for for Ramsdale. Let's move on to more interesting and a lot more, in my opinion, hard to decide um, question regarding both of these players is: Are there going to be more whammers moments or Gabby J. big chance missed? Big chances missed this season, Seb.
0: Uh, we should clarify what a ga- what yeah, a yeah, moment exactly. How do we
4: Seb how, how do team. we?
1: What's the? So it, it's the threshold it's that moment. for. Oh, uh, no, it's it's that moment. You just need, you need to know when you see a whammer's moment. It's, it's when you see him do something. You're like, that's a whammer's moment. That is just how it can be defined. There's it so many to... different ways in which it can happen.
2: It, it has to be an error. It's
0: quite a nebulous thing, but it's basically. A, an error leading to a big chance or an error leading to a goal. I don't even. It does,
1: doesn't even need to be a goal or a big chance. It can just no, be sometimes yeah. when he just does something like, like stupid and then maybe Saliba cleans it up so that it's fine. But you're like, that's uh, that's a moment. So,
0: for example, passing the ball directly to a Southampton player. Well, that, that, yeah, that, that's, that, a, that's a very
4: obvious. I mean, is, is it just eating the ball out of play? Are we all, are we no. considering that? A, no. Yeah, okay.
3: No. I think it has to be an error reading, leading to goal because otherwise you we, we can't track. Yeah, or at least an error yeah, leading there's no to a way chance. Able
2: to-, to a chance. Yeah. Um, mm.
3: Those stats are tracked. With
4: those ramifications, I'm going Gabriel Jesus. Big chances missed. I think if he scores a lot, he'll get a lot of chances. And he, as all good strikers do, by the way, he'll miss a fair chunk of those. Uh, I'm going Jesus.
1: And in that regard, he's a I think Mbappe good had like
4: striker. 20-something miss chances or some. He, Manners was
3: relatively high, so yeah. Um yeah, Jesus. because I think he loves missing with chances. And just <laughs> we, we just, we're just gonna have to create a lot now. So. <laughs> um yeah, I'm going with Jesus. Towels. <laughs> yeah, no. there's
0: nothing more to this. This is this is the uh Gabriel Jesus slander section of the podcast. We all agree. He does love missing a big chance. Like Just receiving the ball within the six-yard box and somehow blazing it over. He's going to do that at least once this season. So absolutely, Gabriel Jesus, big chances missed. More of those will happen than whammer's moments. Also, we should add the caveat that we are assuming that we're not signing David Raya when asking this question, because if we do, then it kind of breaks the whole
1: point.
2: (laughs) And Lorcan? Yeah, as long as we don't take, um, as we said, whammer's moments to mean hoofing out of play, because I think that is... specific instruction um, and it will be infuriating at times to see him do that Um, but again that doesn't really count Uh, and I'm going to agree with everyone else and say Gabriel Jesus um, whom I love uh, but who also you know I've I've watched this movie before I don't think he's gonna even um, be like I I think he'll underperform his expected goals um, as he always does Um, still love him still think what he brings to the team is kind of, you know, not even replace, replaceable. Um, but yeah, Gabriel Jesus, big chances miss.
1: While I agree with all of you, so my answer is also Gabby J, big chances missed. Um, I feel like we've ruined the question by being too too close-minded about what a whammer's moment is. I Obviously hard to record, there's no, there's no F-breath thing for whammer's moments. So I understand from a point-scoring aspect, but there are those moments that don't really lead to shots or goals that you think... Yeah, that's a whammer's moment,
0: Alex. If you want to be more nebulous with it, then you can be the one who has to write down what every single whammer's moment is. I will do it. I will season.
1: do that out of spite, and then <laughs> that's so- <laughs> fine.
0: It, 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 if we're doing that, then we can have your nebulous decision of what a whammer's moment is. You've just got to commit to recording that for us. You
1: have to see it and be like, "That's a whammer's moment." But yeah, let's move forward. Um, more away wins versus the rest of last season's top eight. And then we'll add Chelsea in because they unfortunately didn't make it to the top eight last season. Unfortunately. Um, or, Eddie, or Eddie and Ketcher league goals. So, which of those will we have more of? Seb. I'm going wins versus
4: top eight in Chelsea. Sure. And I'm not ready to spe- specify because it's leading to something else.
1: I think you need to, spe- to specify. I'm saying we'll get. How many away wins? five away wins five away wins against against eight teams that's decent Manus
3: our, our away record was very good last season um yeah so I'm gonna go with away wins because um Nketiah got four goals last season yeah in the league in uh, in about ten games right
1: something along those no yeah um yeah.
0: four goals is the right number I know that one <laughs>
3: uh a more away wins versus the rest of the Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, I'll go with away wins. Did you wins. mention how
1: many away wins you think we're going to have?
3: Um, Seb sort of dropped an anchor here, so I'd say five.
1: Five again, perfect.
0: Towels. So, I'm the one who came up with this question. And when I came up with this question, it was originally away wins versus the top seven. So...
1: It was the top six, actually. Newcastle,
0: United... It was no it was top seven, I just said it wrong when I was in the comments. Um <laughs> so that's Newcastle, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, us and Spurs. So that's six games, and I was still gonna say more away wins than any Enketia League goals when it was six as opposed to eight, so I'm definitely going with away wins over Enketia League goals. Um I think both I think it's more likely that we will win over half of our games against these sides and i also think it is likely that eddie and ketia will score less than four league goals this season uh i do not want to give a precise number so i'm not going to Uh, actually uh, let's go with four let's go with exactly four
1: away wins and three eddie and ketia goals we have one person listening right now who's probably fear he's probably infuriated in in a certain max yeah yeah, friends of the <laughs> pod and regular contributor Max is going to be so mad at us
0: because he loves Eddie Nketiah, and and but hey. Logan.
2: Yeah, and on that note, um, I'm picking Eddie Nketiah um, just because I am i love him. I'm never going to give up on him. Um, I also think he's an amazing player um, who gets...
0: But will he score any football goals, though?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, because like, I, I mentioned before with... Um, who it's a big season for. And I mentioned him, provided he has that platform for it. And I think that's a huge question, especially given the bloated nature of our squad. I kind of do think um, Balogun will leave, which is obviously um, relevant when we're talking about this, but I'm going to go for Eddie, seven goals. Yeah.
1: I'm in exactly the same boat. So don't worry, Max, you do have two two friends on the pod here. I'm, I'm <laughs> saying I think Eddie can definitely get eight goals next season. I was going to sit on seven, but now that Lorcan has taken that, I think I'll be even bolder just just for the sake of it. And I think he's going to get eight goals and be a super striker off the bench. Um, Yeah, I, I think he can do it. I just think it's it, it's very possible. I think he's going to play more league minutes. For one, I think he. I
0: disagree. I think he's going to get less league minutes. We've brought in another player who can play striker in Havertz, uh, like. I, I think we'll see a lot I, I more don't... split striker. Yeah. Yeah, like, like Havertz, Trossa, Jesus, you, they, I, and Katia is arguably fourth choice striker, depending on how much Arteta wants to play him. As it wants to play Havertz at nine or nine. I just don't think so. Arteta
1: sees him as a fourth-choice striker, though, and I think he sees the left eight very much as an attacking position where he can play Trossard, where he can play Havertz, where he can maybe even play Gabi, J. we all see. I can see it in some sort of... um, in some game states. Um, so I think Eddie will play more, and also he underperformed quite a bit last season, but I don't get the sense from his finishing that that is as much a part of his game as it is for... Someone like Gabriel Gabriel Jesus. So I am I was going to sit on seven. I'm going to go eight. I'm going to go very bold with it. I think he'll get eight goals. I'll even say, let's say, four off the bench. Yeah, but let's move on to the eighth question so far, which is, will Arsenal play over or under 55 competitive matches this coming season? And that does start with the Community Shield, which counts as a competitive match. So from there, we'll already have one And, of course, the 38th of the league season.
4: Let's go to Seb. This time I've actually done the math. Um, I've gone for over 55 games. Uh, I can break this down real quick. So we have 38 league games pretty much wrapped up. Six Champions League games guaranteed, plus three in the other competitions. I think we'll... I've sort of planned it out that we'll reach the quarterfinals of the Champions League. So that's an additional four. I've penciled in three rounds of the EFL Cup, and I have us doing a cup run, and if my math is correct, it needs six games to get to the FA Cup final, Uh, and that has me coming out at 60 games this season.
1: That's one less than City played last season. That's a lot of football. Manas?
3: Yeah, so if we play 60 games this season, I think we'll win something, Definitely. But uh fifty-five games I think we come slightly under fifty five games. Um about let's say about twelve games, Champions League, um and FA Cup combined. Uh so six games in Champions League gives us <laughs> at least uh the last sixteen, right?
4: Yeah, but the last sixteen are so, an additional two games.
3: Yes. Yeah, so if you add the last sixteen, that gives you fifty two and uh, let's say we completely bum out on Carabao Cup, efl Cup. Cup, uh, let's say two games there. So I yes, I think 54. 50, 50 So slightly under 55 games. Mm.
0: Talz? I'm agreeing with Manus for very similar reasons. I'm going with under. Um, I did my own set of maths, and I figured out that If we went out in the first round in both domestic cups, so no domestic football at all, basically, uh, and then made it the quarters of the Champions League, that'd be 51. Um, I'm going to predict that we get one, but this is including the Community Shield, of course. Uh, I am going to predict that we move forward... We get two domestic cup wins over the course of the season, whether they're both in the FA Cup, both in the Carabao or in one each. That is my prediction. We're not going to go super far. So I'm going to go with 53.
1: Nice, nice, nice. And Logan?
2: Um, I did not do my own maths, needless to say, (laughs) Um, but I think we'll go over. I think it'll be fun to see um, just from a curiosity standpoint, how we fare in the Champions League, because... I don't know how many of our players have actually played there. We have a young and relatively inexperienced squad um, in that department. I also think we have the profiles to succeed in the in the Champions League. So I think there's, there's scope for us to go far in that competition. Obviously, you get 38 games from the Premier League. I, I think we'll go over, I'm going to say 57.
1: I also haven't done exactly the maths here, but my sort of prediction for the season is that we're going to do quite well in Two competition two cup competitions and I'm thinking either the Carabao or the FA Cup, but I also think we will do well in the Champions League. I just have a gut feel about it. That might that kind of contributes to the, the first question why I think we might not hit 86 league points as the season goes on and maybe as City are pushing away with it, we'll see. So I think definitely over 55 would be my answer. I'm not really sure where I would sit. I think 60s is maybe a bit high, but let me say fifty-eight. Um, just pulling that from my thumb and yeah I think we'll make I think we're going to make the semis of the Champions League I feel feel that for some reason but yeah the more important question is will Arsenal win over or under one trophy in the coming season or one trophy overall I guess. Seb where do you stand on that? I've gone over. I've already mapped out that I'm
4: i'm expecting a cup run and i've penciled in the fa cup as something we'll win because arsenal heritage basically uh and i think we'll come out the better side in the community shield oh, okay we can't oh, we prepared. can't in the community shield though it's a trophy if we win it so yeah <laughs> it's not a trophy if we lose it that's how it works
1: okay mm-hmm. okay okay and manus. <laughs>
3: Um. So I didn't count the community shield, but I think we'll win one trophy, and that's the Premier League. And I've already like talked about this. Uh. So I'm just not. I'm not gonna go into it. But yeah, one trophy Premier League. Absolutely. That's towels.
0: I think we're going to win. Bang on one trophy, and I think that trophy is the community shield.
1: Okay, I was very excited at first. I was like, "This is the positive towels <laughs> that we were hoping to see this season." <laughs> <laughs> but no you're still a coward
0: yeah i am an absolute coward um all of my friends know this about me uh cowardice is a core tenet of my personality <laughs> cowardice and p- pessimism but i do think we're gonna beat city like three nil and it's gonna set we're gonna beat city like three nil at the weekend and it's gonna set us up for being incredibly hype for a season where we're just gonna be fine
1: so oh, there
2: we are What a trophy Well I guess it is a trophy I mean, <laughs> It's like It's like Last year when What did Liverpool win 3-1 And for like a week Darwin Nunez was A better signing than Haaland And <laughs> Liverpool were going to win the league um, Yeah Yeah I'm going to go for one as well um, If I had to do Over under, I'll just go over For the sake of optimism But I, I think we'll win one trophy um, I think we should win one trophy this season Between the Champions League And the Premier League um i i personally like hate those people who discard the fa cup i've i think it's a special competition that being said we've won like 14 of them um so i do want it, it to be the champions league or the premier league um so yeah i'm gonna go with one trophy this season which one um That's on the line.
1: yeah throw yourself in there the premier league Whew. premier league all right
0: for me, new boys coming in hot. Love <laughs> it. The rest of us have been worn down by the previous season. I, I mean, Seb's the only person who said we're going to win more than
1: one trophy. <laughs> but he counted the community shield. All right. Um, yeah, for Nothing me, I, I think we'll win one trophy, not including the community shield. Because I'm not a nonce. But <laughs> I, th- I think it's going to probably be the FA Cup. I'm expecting a deep. Champions League run, uh, the FA Cup or the Carabao, one of the two, and then I'm thinking we'll push the whole way in the Premier League and maybe not win it overall. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic, maybe Tiles is run off of me, or maybe I'm being too optimistic. It's hard to tell at this point. And, uh, Alex, do you, th-
0: do you think we're going to win the Community Shield? Because we've established the precedent of the Community Shield counts, and I will be giving an extra point for each correct trophy one Fine, we'll, we'll,
1: win, we'll win the Community Shield Ha- okay. have it's volley so, and people will be speaking about him being a better signing than Mount for the, for the first week before the, before the league season starts. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. Oh shit. No, there's, well, there's one more.
0: There is one more. And it's a
1: very, very important one. Will there be more league minutes for Smith Rowe and Reese Nelson combined next season in the league? Of course, or more pot shot, Recorded minutes overall for next season.
0: I'm going to put in an important caveat before you answer this. This is only counting numbered potshot episodes. For it. So, for example, if we make a signing in uh, January and we make a snapshot about them, that will not count towards this. Because otherwise we're blowing them yeah, out of the Yeah, my answer is still the
4: same. <laughs> we will still blow them out of the water.
1: <laughs> yes. Perfect. Um, we, won't do, we won't do a bonus point for this because that'll be too hard to predict. I don't have the facilities for that. But Manis, what's your answer?
3: Um, so, okay. I think Smithrow is going to play a good number of minutes this season. So, let's say about 2,000 minutes. I don't expect Nelson to play a lot. So, let's say about 1,000 minutes. So, that's approximately 3,000 minutes. Um, that would mean... Um, so, let's say we do one pod a week. That's 52 weeks for the season. We're not going to do 52, I think. Because we're not counting the... Uh, snapshots let's say we do 45 pods and on an average of 70 minutes uh, (laughs) that that gives us 3150 minutes (laughs) so I think we're gonna win by 150 minutes so I think pod shots by 150 minutes Manus has taken out the the magical like
1: completely mysticism of how many minutes we'll actually record and and broken it down for us a bit more (laughs) Taos, where do you stand
0: I also think that it will be more pot shot minutes. My uh, incredibly analytical reasoning for this is that we will record thirty-eight numbered pot shots over the course of the season, one a week for the Premier League season, uh, and I think each of those will be at least half an hour. And I do not think that. ESR and Reese Nelson will get a combined half an hour of minutes per week in the Premier League over the course of the season. So I think it'll be pretty comfortably plot shots.
1: Yeah, I'm so scarred by that like three and a half hour pod that we did last season. And that more than covers what Nelson managed. More, way more than <laughs> covered what Nelson managed last season. So with that breaking me and the trauma I've. I've had to take on from that. I can't even imagine Smith Rowe and Nelson getting more minutes, and I think we will have more than 38 um, numbered pods next season as well, despite this actually being our 38th numbered pod overall. So yeah, definitely. I think, unfortunately, unless Nelson and I, I would hope that they can beat us, but I don't see it happening. So those were our over and unders. Would, but uh, you missed Larkin. Oh, Larkin, would you like to? Would you like to to step in? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying anything new. Um, I think we could add a a third person to this list and Potshot would still win. Um, (laughs) I think, yeah, we'll blow them out of the water. Well, I'm not going to phrase it that way, actually. Um, But, I I mean, all it takes is someone, probably me, to ramble on for an extra, like, 10 minutes and it suddenly becomes difficult for Smithrow and Nelson. So, yeah, I think Potshot will have more minutes overall.
1: Yeah, 10 minutes is basically what Nelson managed over the last couple of months. It's a cameo. His post-Bournemouth appearances all wrapped up in one walk speech about omnidirectionality. All right, let's move on. We've finished with the over-unders, but there's still one more prediction that I want from you guys, and that's our hot take prediction. So, Seb, what is your hot take for the season? Uh, I like this. Uh, my hot take
4: is dependent on A, the market. That's still ongoing, some I, I'm i very aware that I'm about to look stupid in about three days. Uh, and on player preference, uh, my hot take is Jorginho and Balogun will play more minutes than Partey and Eddie across the season.
1: And Balogun, okay. Interesting, interesting. Manus?
3: Um, yeah, my hot take is that uh, Havertz starts the season slow. Smithrow replaces him in midfield and eventually plays 2,000 minutes and scores eight goals. Okay, I like
1: that. I crossed Nice and specific. Towels.
2: So is that is that Havertz not playing well as a midfielder then? Is that...
1: <laughs>
2: Maybe.
0: I'm going the opposite direction. I think Kai Havertz will get at least 15 goal contributions in the league this season. Okay, nice,
1: nice. Logan.
2: Um, I've got two. Um, just to to cover all bases slash spice things up. Um. So my first one is, I don't think, and this isn't even tongue-in-cheek and I don't want to flog a dead horse, but I don't think Havertz and Odegaard will be a thing in the new year. Past I'm going to say past the new year. I don't think we'll be playing whatever you want to call it, 4-3-3 with those two interiors past the new year, if if indeed we do do it until, that, until the new year. And the more controversial one, I think, is by the end of the season, it will be a prominent talking point um if not consensus that Gabriel should no longer be a starter going into next season
1: i'm kind of building off that last one and it's a tough one jesus or
2: sorry uh, Gabriel, the center back i'm not going to try and say his last name but yeah the, yeah yeah
1: i'm i'm building on that last one is <laughs> for me i think Gabriel might actually find himself out of the starting lineup at some point in the season, maybe even by, let's say, the second half of the season, and not necessarily for the rest of the season. The re- My reasoning for this is I'm trying to think of all the different combinations we have across the back, and if we do, for example, play Timber on the right, what that means is then Saliba shifts to the right, Gabriel plays in the middle, and then whoever's on the left, Kivio will play left-centre-back, Right. I can see, I don't really like Gabriel as that CCB. Um, I think we even saw him struggle. I know it was just one individual error, but it kind of confirmed some of my priors in terms of him struggling to really protect those spaces from centrally and when he doesn't have Saliba, you know, a little bit positioned to really sweep up behind him. So I can see, it could not work obviously, because I think when we lose Gabriel, we lose a lot of aerial dominance. And one of the things we're going to see next season is as Lorcan was saying, with this more chaotic sort of system that we're embracing, I think being dominant in, in aerial duels and in duels in general, it's going to be really important. I think Gabriel is a big part of that. But I still think as Arteta is maybe going to try tweak things around, we will go back to Saliba potentially playing that central centre-back role. And I think what happens then is people have spoken about Gabriel as a left-back, but I just I don't see it. I don't think he's a, as nice a fit there as someone like Ake. People speak about how good he's defending the wide spaces, which is true, but I think it's really important to know that he's really good at defending the wide spaces when he's central to start because he knows when to push out, when to kind of protect the areas. When he's already there, he's a little bit more cumbersome, can't really turn well, which is also part of why he's bad at the central centre-back. So I can see Gabriel, I can definitely agree with Rolkin and seeing him being someone that maybe many fans and don't see as a starter going to the 24 25 season but i can also see him spending some time out of the side whether that actually leads to us doing better or worse is a different a different case and i'm not sure but but yeah i can see Gabriel being being dropped and not for injury reasons or anything like that at some point in the season
0: okay and with that we will wrap up our predictions part of the episode Except we won't, because we're now going to predict the Community Shield. We're going to do this very, very quickly, uh, because we need to wrap up this podcast and I need to go to work. But uh, we are going to ask Manus to predict the lineup for the Community Shield, and then we will all say whether or not we agree, basically, and voice any disagreements that we have. And then, instead of predicting a precise score, because I can't be bothered, uh, I would like everyone to predict whether or not we will win the Community Shield this season, and then we will wrap the podcast. So, manners.
3: Uh, yeah, so I think uh, we will win the Community Shield because Pep usually doesn't take it very seriously. And uh, I think the lineup is going to be this based on vibes. Uh, I think it's Ramsdale, KBR, Gabriel, Saliba, Timber, Price, Havertz, Odegaard, Martinelli, Jesus, and Saka. Okay. I, yeah.
0: I disagree uh, on the lineup. I think I think we're going to win. The only thing I disagree with on the lineup is I think we will go with last season's fullback pairing of Zinchenko and
1: White. Zinchenko seems to be injured though. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, I missed that. Uh, in which case, I think it will be Kivior and White. Um, I do not see Timber starting this game. I do, however, see Rice and
4: Havertz starting. So I agree. Everywhere else. Seb? I have another small thing, and that's just an inclination I've got from pre-seasoners, that Trossard will start over Martinelli.
1: I, I agree. Alex? I also think Trossard's going to start over Martinelli. I think we saw some really nice rotations between Havertz, Truss, and um, Gabby J that I think he's going to keep trying. And I think uh, Martinelli will obviously come on. But I, I see I see White starting and I see Trossard starting out on the left. Where I actually really don't like him, but he will be playing a lot centrally, and I think Arteta will like that sort of control in the pockets, especially against someone like. Are you sure he's going to
0: start over Martinelli and not over Habert?
2: Yeah, I was just thinking that.
1: It's an interesting one. I think, <sighs> I think it's more
4: certain that Habitz starts than Rice starting personally.
1: Okay, I'm not sure about that. I think Rice will start. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see whether he starts over Martinelli or Havertz. I think. I think he'll. He'll. I think I'm changing my mind. Maybe he'll. Maybe Martinelli will. No, let me stick with it. that out wide, where I don't like him. I would prefer him to be starting over Havertz, for what it's worth. Yeah,
0: I actually, yeah, I, I disagree with your prediction, uh, and it actually makes me go back on what I said earlier. I, I, I think. Trossard has done quite well in pre-season and will be given the nod for the community shield ahead of Kai Havertz in midfield Lorcan
2: um, yeah I think I'm trying to think of how many minutes Trossard has got um, as an interior since that Nuremberg game but he did because he came on against I think was it Barca um, What did he start I can't even remember he started Barca Anyways. as
1: a winger and basically played the entire yeah. game so this right. is, with with, with rotating with Havertz which is kind of what I'm seeing
2: yeah to be fair there was a lot of yeah staggered movement as well when when um Smith Rowe came on I noticed he was like the eight with Trossard as the left wing and then they swapped at times um but yeah I'm gonna go I don't know I did think Trossard would start I'm just gonna go Havertz in that um left eight role and I think White will play instead of Timber and if not I think I agree with with what Mana said initially uh
0: Lorcan, you're the only person who hasn't answered this over the course of the podcast. Do you think we will win the Community Shield?
2: Um, Yeah, go on.
0: <laughs> Incredible. So, uh, just quickly, Manus, after hearing all of our thoughts, do you have any changes to your prediction?
3: I think the only good, like, like the only reasoning that I heard was for Trossard, but I think he's just going to... Sh- Stick with Martinelli and Howards Havertz, Havertz, just for continuity purposes to go into the league. Um, yeah, I think I'll stick to my lineup. That's know, a good so. point.
1: I feel like Martinelli yeah. starts the first game of the season, so that's a fair point.
2: Just, just as an aside, when we went to the Etihad and we went to press in a four-one-four-one, which we smothered them with before, um, and it failed because the system was different. Their build-up structure system was different. I think. The best lineup for that um, would be Havertz as part of that pressing unit, rather than any emphasis on on Trossard jumping and covering ground. Yeah. Um, but again, I'd be lying if I said I knew what this what Pep was going to do or what Ateta was going to do. To be honest.
0: And we're all very excited to find out. And we're very excited for the new season here at the New Look Potshot podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you're excited, as excited to go into the new season as we are. You can find our new episodes on wherever you find your podcasts each week from... 10 o'clock on tuesdays apart from the ones that aren't which we will tell you about uh, make sure you're following us at Potshot pod on twitter or whatever he's going to decide to call it this week as well as on um threads we're on there even though that's dying instantly and instagram because we had to be on instagram to make a threads uh we will be trying to post on there more as the season goes on i hope you're looking forward to seeing our new logos we are looking forward to revealing them to you once they are finished and once they are ready um, thank you very much to Lorcan, Alex, Seb and Manus, uh, the new look Potshot crew. We're very excited to bring you the season and you can find us on Twitter at PotshotPod. James Blake still makes our music. Our music is not changing unless James wants to send me a new file for no reason. You can find him on all good music platforms at J W Blake. He's got some new singles out. Go and check them out. And with that... We will win the Community Shield next week and come back and talk about how great that was. Cheers. See you then.